We have a new sponsor that actually makes sense because I like to drink and you guys do too. It's called Wink. W-I-N-C is how it's spelled. Based on a quiz that you take on their website, which is really fun, asking you about your flavor profile, if you like blueberries, if you like your coffee black, if you like cream in it, what color shoes you have, what state you were born in, all that stuff goes into it, and they will send you a box every month with new wines for you to try. You can skip any month. You can cancel any time. There's no membership fees. It's good for the people who don't have access to a good wine shop in their neighborhood. All of our listeners in Alaska and places like that are unable to really get some bomb-ass wines. All you have to do is go to trywinkwinc.com slash the stew and when you do that you'll get $20 off your first shipment of wine you can be one of those people where you just come home from work because you hate your job and then there's a box at your door and you think it's going to be like Amazon paper towels but it's not it's four bottles of wine that you're going to drink tonight trywinkwinc.com slash the stew if you do that even if you don't like it even if you think it's dumb just do it anyway and you will help support us thanks guys enjoy the show Hello, hello. You're listening to The Stew. I'm Jason Stewart. Andre Conaparo, say hello. Hi. We have one guest today, Hannah Goldfield. What's up? Hi. Hannah's all the way from New York City. Flew her out from the East Coast. <laughs> Flew her out. Andre had the miles. First class. Yeah. I'm not amazing. playing around. <laughs> not playing around. Uh, you are known in the food world as a uh, writer, critic for The New Yorker. Never heard of it. <laughs> and that is a joke because ever since I've known Andre, he's I feel like he's subscribed to The New Yorker and had it sitting on his damn desk. I thought you just put that out for me, but... No, 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 no. Even when we lived together, it still came in the mailbox. Yeah, he... uh, I've never read it. Let's be very clear. (laughs) He puts it out to impress other people, but I don't think he's ever really read the thing. No. I don't care for it either. (laughs) Mostly I'm interested in the ads for massager chairs in the back. That's the main reason why I get it. Life... I mean, you... Yeah. I, I also rain sticks, massage chairs, poetry from seventeenth century France. Like just new, you know, like new translations is kind of my thing. Sometimes right. I will steal it from the gym and then put it in my house for a month and then throw it away. I stole an Us Weekly from the gym recently, <laughs> and my husband brought it back. He was oh. like, "Why would you take this from our gym? They, it's like someone else might want to read it." And I was like. They have cameras on the floor, woman. He did a he did a bring back. He brought it back. That, it was brand new. Like I was definitely the first person to have read it, and I did feel slightly guilty. But I I saw it as I was leaving the gym, and I was like, I really want to read that, but I'm done working out. What I really want him to have done is brought it to the front and explained why his wife had <laughs> yeah, done this, yeah. as opposed to slide it back in the section. Just like, okay. Um, we want to come clean. <laughs> uh, we really appreciate the memberships here, and we had a slight lapse in judgment. So my wife uh, decided to. This is giving me flashbacks of when I got caught like stealing Jolly Ranchers from the supermarket when mm-hmm. I was five, and my mom made me go back and do that. Yikes! Well, uh, is your husband listening to this right now? Do you think he might be, or is he on a media blackout again? <laughs> I'll probably tell him to listen to it, and then he'll forget. But okay. it's so early. He might start listening to it, and it's so early. 
in the podcast that he'll probably hear this part. Okay, thank <laughs> He's kind of, so he's kind of checking out right at now. The beginning, yeah. yeah, he's never been in a podcast before probably, right? No, never. Suck it, husband. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, how long have you... How Stolen long? U.S. weeklies from <laughs> yeah, the gym. That's right. <laughs> how, long have, how long have you been in, in, in the food game for? Um, or would you even consider yourself to be in the food game? Yes and no. I mean, I definitely, at this point, I'm writing exclusively about food. I'm slightly hesitant about, like, being too insidery in the food world, the food game, or whatever you mm. want to call it. Because it sucks to be that far well, inside of a lame I just ass think, place. <laughs> sure. <laughs> um, no, I, but I think, you know, you want it, when you're writing about food, you want people who are reading what you're writing to feel like, it's inclusive and not like oh you don't oh you you've never heard of that place or this thing like and I guess I, writing you know, about food for a magazine that's not about food exactly right and just and approaching it in the way that you'd approach any other subject and of course like lots of journalists at the New Yorker and elsewhere have like specialties but I don't consider myself like in the food mm-hmm. world or industry I, I write about it let's say mm-hmm. is that a direction you've taken yourself or do you feel like that there are things because there's more than one food writer for the New Yorker right yes. that covers it yes so do you feel like is there a conversation about which direction everyone's going to take or is it more kind of it just fits naturally and it just kind of falls together sort of yeah I mean so there are two of us I mean there are other people that write about food but uh, I and the other food writer Helen Rosner we're both hired pretty recently. I think we both started in January. She maybe started in February. Um, and to kind of different, differentiate between us, my title is, is critic and hers is correspondent. Mm-hmm. Um, and so she's definitely covering, like, the industry more than I am. Meaning, I mean, I'm, I'm writing about restaurants largely, but she's sort of, like, doing kind of um, op-eddy stuff and, and reportage that... I think is more kind of about the like what's happening with about the, the Me the Too world. movement. <laughs> and well, how she it fits has into done food. some of that, yeah, totally. But she's also like she's worked in food media for a really long time, longer than I have. She used to be um, an editor at Eater, which is like much more of you know kind of a trade publication. Yeah, obviously. it's a daily. Yeah, it's a sure. daily. Yeah. Where did you um, work before the New Yorker? Then I actually started my. Like working life at the New Yorker. Mm, wow! Um, yeah, I, incredible. I was Same. A, yeah. <laughs> no, you didn't. <laughs> no one would would know. I worked if you in had. the deliveries department. <laughs> yeah, he sold that weeds actually, to people who worked at the New Yorker. Is what it's he funny. Said. People used to really start at the New Yorker in the mailroom. Like that was a real thing. A lot, a lot sure. of like the big time um, writers and maybe editors too started in mm-hmm. the mailroom and worked their way up. Um, but I started as a fact checker. Um, I started as an intern actually when they still were allowed to have interns and then there was mm-hmm. there were some lawsuits and now there are no more. So straight interns. out of school into yeah. fact checking for the New Yorker. I did fact checking, oh, yeah. Damn. I did that for six years, which was um a long time. <laughs> what is fact che- what's the fact checking life like? I loved it. Mm-hmm. I really loved it. Um it's, to me, without knowing anything, and I just cut you off, but it just no. seems like an insane amount of work. It's a lot of work. Um and a lot of pressure. Because how do you know that you got the fact right? Right. Is what always occurs to me. I know there's a system and that's why people do it. Right. But to me, it's just like, how do you know you got it? She's got Google. Imagine how they're doing it in the 70s and 80s. Never heard of Wikipedia? No, you know, it's really, it's a lot of work and it's scary because you are, you're the last, you're the last, you're you're like the safety net. Last line of defense. You're the last line of defense. That's what I was looking for. Mm -hmm. Um, And so there is a lot of pressure. I mean, you don't like hold all the responsibility of something 
gets wrong or something wrong gets into the magazine, uh, you know, the writer is obviously responsible and sometimes even the editor to some degree, but you, it's like everybody looks at you like, how did that error get, get by? Mm-hmm. Um, but it's also really fun because it's a lot of work, but it's, it's very, very focused and like you know exactly what you're supposed to be doing at all times and you're just kind of like racing toward the finish in this very focused way. You're just going like line by line through an article and working really closely with the writer and the editor and just ticking things off. And you're basically like literally ticking things off. We would underline things and then check them off when we had confirmed them. And a lot of it was following in the writer's footsteps and just doing everything that they did, reading everything that they read. Um, you guys use Slack over there? <laughs> I didn't have Slack when I was there, but I'm sure, I don't know if they use Slack now. They might. I think the web team uses Slack, mm-hmm. but probably not the fact checkers. Shout out to Slack. Um, <laughs> Where does the movie Shattered Glass fit into your top ten of films of all time? You know, I've never seen it. You've never seen it? No, it. it's like too close, maybe. I'm like, yeah, yeah maybe, like, maybe, live been, that. maybe there's been enough time that you can go back and look at it. <laughs> yeah, no, I'd, I've always wanted to see it, actually. I mean, it's such a fascinating it's fantastic. story. Like yeah. any Any story that falls into that category... Has is totally. I mean, there haven't been that many, but I love a story about a journalist it's really well who's done. just making it. Well, watch out. it after this. I got yeah, it on DVD. Great, perfect. I have never heard of it. That <laughs> really? does not, or not. That does not surprise me. <laughs> me no no. Hey, we should talk about bands too later. I'll, I know a ton about that. Me no no words much. Baba Ganoush. Mm, we worked Baba well Ganoush together. Hat. We lived together forever because he could, would know music and I would know movies, and mm-hmm. between the two of us, we had it. That's good. Mm-hmm. And we both covered. Cooked. Mm-hmm. Sounds we, nice. We converged somewhere in the Spinal Tap world where both <laughs> came together. Oh, we both had the same. We have very similar tastes, but nice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh huh. So, um, so yeah. So from fact checking. So from fact checking. So I started. So um, when I worked there the first time, there was this column called Tables for Two, which still exists, and that was kind of shared by a number of staffers. I think it was like, there were like seven people who sort of took turns writing them and it would be people who were working at the magazine already, sometimes writers, but more often like editors, sometimes even assistant editors and fancy themselves a gourmand. Yeah. Anyone who had an interest in food, which I totally did. And so I think like someone left the magazine and they had had one of those slots and they were kind of looking to fill it. And I had made it known that I was interested in food and, um, they asked me if I wanted to kind of try out, and so I wrote one, and it went well, and then I just got one of the slots, and so that was really the beginning of my... Did you feel a lot of pressure? Or oh you were just God, like, oh, I if like, I get it, whatever, no, no big deal. I, Oh, my God, I felt so much pressure. Yeah. It, was like, it was like my dream. I, this is sort of embarrassing, but when I was a little kid, I wanted to be a, a food critic when I, when I grew up. That that's, not, like, that's the opposite. <laughs> that's called inspiring, not embarrassing. <laughs> you are, I don't you know, are it's a just Jewish a... girl from Connecticut, so <laughs> that's true. kind of like... You know. It's part of the course, yeah. Doctor, lawyer, food critic. <laughs> I had no idea. I take back everything I said about bagels before we started recording this podcast. Don't worry. Oh, I'm yeah. only half Jewish. So, okay. so you're only half, half of me is offended. Me. Yeah. Um, no. Yeah. I. I really. I. I saw the film My Best Friend's Wedding, which mm-hmm. you may be familiar with, and Julia Roberts plays a food critic. Okay. Which... Now it got embarrassing. You were fine. <laughs> See, it's you really were fine. embarrassing. I didn't know that I she know, was isn't a food critic in that, in that movie. She's a food critic, and I now know. With her like, skinny ass, come on. Totally unrealistic way. Not only is she super super skinny, but also like there's this one scene that shows what she does and it's her like sitting at a very fancy French restaurant with Rupert Everett and like everyone in the kitchen is freaking out and like they know she's coming and they're all like peeking through like the kitchen galley window and making sure that she's happy and they're whisking things away and there's like little lamps on the table it's like just totally absurd but I was like 
someone will pay me to eat food in restaurants? Like, yeah. that's amazing. I want to be feared. <laughs> exactly. And I, and I liked writing as a kid. I was like 10 years old. So, And then I started to read um, the New York Times restaurant reviews, which were written by Ruth Rachel. So it was like, it just, it seemed like a woman's job. I was like, which yeah. is also ironic now because there are so few. We changed that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I thought it was like a, just a normal job for like a cool woman to hip have. Hip lady on the town. A hip lady on the town. And you're proving that. You're proving that's the case. Four yeah, lunches yeah. a day later. <laughs> here we are. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so, so I was really freaked out when I, when they let me try one and I was really nervous and I really wanted it to go well. Um, and yeah, that was, was for, that was not for web. That was for, that was for was the for magazine. Print. Yeah. That was for the, it's still that there's, that column is still mm-hmm. there in the goings on about town. Section, but I mean, it must feel a lot crazier. You don't read the magazine. <laughs> it must feel a lot crazier for, for web versus for print. What does? Just like the, the rush that you get when it is oh. published for print. Yeah, yeah. And, that, and, in and, the New Yorker. and at the time, this was in like 2010, I think, and the website was really not what it is mm-hmm. now, so it didn't, there, didn't get. They only as had much a MySpace play. then. Yeah, they only had a MySpace. <laughs> and a Tumblr also. Did Tumblr <laughs> exist? In, yeah, Tumblr was oh, it 2009. Mm-hmm. Eight. Um, yeah, so it wasn't like, so being published online, which I also, I guess. I've written one thing about food actually online before that, but it's like people didn't necessarily read it. And so to be in the magazine was like, just mm-hmm. like the most amazing sure. rush. It's a dream of all of ours. Yeah, it was, it was great. So um, what, uh, what are your food critic rules? I feel like every mm-hmm. critic kind of has some, like have to eat at a restaurant a certain amount of times, maybe yeah. never rest- eat sober, that kind of stuff. <laughs> yeah, wait a certain really amount of first. weeks before the restaurant's been open to work the kinks out before you visit Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's kind you of... You wear a mustache a disguise. Wear a mustache. Nose, yeah, people, are, uh, people get so excited about asking if I wear disguises, which I don't. Yeah. Ruth Rachel did, though, and she wrote a whole book about it, actually. Um, really? The yeah. pirate at 12 is sending the uh, Fouad Ra back. I don't know why. <laughs> Did she wear... She, she wore she, Yeah, allegedly. I mean, she yeah, she wrote... She's written three memoirs, and the last one um, is is about her time at the Times, and she wore wigs and, like, walked with a cane sometimes, I think. And I think she might have had, like, a prosthetic nose. It was, it's been a long time since I've Holy read it. Shit. I keep meaning to reread it, but... Um, yeah, she totally that's kind of, disguises. It's an amazing mix of like great story, annoying, <laughs> taking yourself too seriously, taking yeah. your food writing a little bit. I mean, important, I, I think it was like, cool. it's like right. have you seen it. Ruth Rachel's Twitter? <laughs> it's special. Do I need to answer that? <laughs> you haven't, but you gotta take a look at yeah, it. Yeah, you really do. It's good. It's really good. I try to engage with her on Twitter. <laughs> she never engages. She never I've engages. I've tried to engage with her. She once was like I've actually met her. She's really, really Look, nice. If a staff writer from the New Yorker can't <laughs> yeah, get her to respond, like, yeah, yeah. Jason, well, she... you got nothing. <laughs> Keep trying. Never give up. Never give up. Oh, I won't. <laughs> I love hounding these ladies. <laughs> um, so, yeah. So, I don't, I don't wear disguises. And my rules are like, I mean, I'm still figuring it out, I would say, because I've only been doing it, you know, in this capacity for a couple months. Because mm-hmm. So, I was at the New Yorker for six years, wrote the reviews, some of the, you know, like once every month or so or once every six weeks because there were a bunch of people doing it. And then I left um, because I just sort of burned out on fact-checking. 
and and I went to T Magazine at the Times, where I was an editor for um, a little under two years. Shout out to Nomi Fry. Shout out to Nomi Fry, which is how I know her. Mm-hmm. And she was the by far the best thing about working at T. <laughs> <laughs> um, and Umber anyway, also loves T Magazine. It's a great magazine. It's a great magazine. Um, but yeah, she's. Just I get the Sunday print edition delivered. Whereas I hate it. Do you hate tea or you hate the Times or both? Both. <laughs> Awful newspapers. No reading for you. <laughs> um, anyway, so I forget how I started talking about it. I was just catching you up on my, yeah, yeah, on my yeah. resume. So went to Team Magazine, went to Magazine for fact checking. There, and then I, um, I left to freelance and did that for like a year and a half, writing mostly but not all about food. I wrote a lot about design also. Um, and then I got this job because they decided that they were going to hire some, some food people. Um, and in the back of your mind, you already mentioned it's a childhood dream, but are you just thinking as you're going, I mean, Team Magazine has nothing to do with food, or most of the mm. time, very rarely. It does right? some, yeah, it's, they're always trying to do more food. It's right. definitely one of the things that they try to cover, but I think it's harder to sure. cover in the way that they do things than like design, for example, or art. Or yeah, maybe they need to hire an LA correspondent, perhaps. perhaps. So you, are you just keeping people that you worked with in New York are just like, hey, still want to do food? Or are you just, did it just happen to come back? Um, I mean, I was definitely, I was there for so long, so I had a lot of great friends there and was totally still in touch with lots of people there. Um, once I started freelancing, I... I knew that they that I had good relationships with editors there, and I knew that I could probably freelance for them. So that so that actually is how I kind of started. Like I, I during my freelance period, I pitched a few things, published a few things that to, that were food related, and then once I real so I like so and and then they once they decided they were going to hire someone, they told me like, hey. We're gonna hire someone to write about food. Do you want to apply? And they had me do this big memo. Um, so no, I, I didn't know if I would ever go back to the New Yorker. I didn't. I didn't. I couldn't. I didn't really know if there would be a way for me to do that because I, unless I wanted to be an editor, but it's really, really hard to be an editor at the New Yorker because it's, you know, it's the top editors in the in the business, and nobody leaves their jobs and. I always mm-hmm. kind of preferred writing, I think, and so um, no, I definitely wasn't like someday I'll go back to the New Yorker and be the food critic. Um, I I hope to write for the magazine again, but I wasn't like. There's such a specific style to me, having read the New Yorker for so long, or not read the New Yorker <laughs> for so long. What is that, the New Yorker? <clears throat> I mean, there's no. I mean, if people haven't ever read one, there's no numbers. There's no thumbs up, thumbs down. Right. It's just writing. And high quality writing about it, but I don't want to. Vague is the wrong term, but it really <laughs> kind of like there's never, or I feel like there's never been a trash piece. There's never been like a burn piece about a restaurant. Mm. Usually, like when uh, it seems like somebody doesn't like the restaurant, they talk about the context of the New York food scene as opposed to just ripping one place right. apart. Right. And it's mm-hmm. it's interesting. It's like they're usually, I mean, they're. It's a larger conversation about food other than good and bad. And I think that's what I appreciate probably the most out of it. Yeah. And that being you, and, said... And that's just what I'm taking away from what I'm reading. Does that make no, sense? Yeah, Do you I think, agree? I think or is that's that... been the case for sure. I mean, as I... So I was telling you all that before to get and, to the point where... Yeah. I, so I started, I started in this job as the critic in January. So I'm still like sort of figuring out what it is. But I would say, yeah, I mean... I I would definitely pan a place if I thought it deserved sure. to be panned. 
Um, and there's there's glowing reviews and there's views that, reviews that are not so yeah. hot. It's yeah. o- it's obvious, but it's also it's subtler than sure. Really I mean, it's never my goal is never to just say like this place is good or this place is bad. Like I right. just don't think that that's interesting enough. It's not. It's not yeah. at all. And 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 also that's a crowded field. Like there's a lot of places you can go to to try to determine whether a restaurant is good it's or stinks. bad. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, like Yelp, for example, although who, why would you trust anyone who mm-hmm. ever wrote a, re- a Yelp review? But, um, but even some of the, like, just sort of, you know, places that, that they do it super well, but they, they're, like, places like The Infatuation or whatever where you just go and there's little capsule reviews. Um, Mm-hmm. that's not what I'm trying to do because I just doesn't, it's not in line with what the New Yorker does. And, uh, and I don't think it's interesting enough for like, and that's something mama's going long form. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's something that's understood or is that something that sometimes you're reminded by, by editors or no, I think is that's it just pretty kind of like, understood. Yeah. That's definitely, if you're going to be concerned for the job. They know you get exactly. it before that even. Happens. Well, yeah. And, and I think that's why a, a big part of why I got the job was like, that was how I sold what I wanted to do. I wanted to, you know, as I was saying before, you just treat food like you'd treat any other subject and mm-hmm. make sure that first and foremost, it's good writing that's interesting to read. And especially it's interesting to read, um, it's, it, that's interesting to anyone who doesn't, you know, even, even someone who doesn't care about food, even someone who doesn't, th- or, or sorry, I should say, doesn't think that they care about food, right. even someone who's not just like a huge, like... Well, the New Yorker covers New York, but it's not a local paper. Like, right. If you want the San Francisco Chronicle, you're going to get some low-hanging fruit review about right. like, the new Australian pie shop. Right. It's horrible. Right. Fuck it, whatever. <laughs> but, I mean, it needs to Not be... a re- fan, I guess. <laughs> but it's got to be relatable pie to such pie a bigger fan. audience. It's yeah. an international magazine. Exactly. It's kind right. of... Right, well, that too. You want someone to be able to pick it up and not of feel journalism like... journalism right. writing. Right. So it has to apply to someone who will never visit New York in their the entire life. The same way... A good documentarian can make a movie about something you don't care about whatsoever, and you'll yes. still watch Suddenly it. Suddenly, you're mm-hmm. fascinated. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, th- right, and I, um, and that's definitely harder to do. It's really hard with you food. Just have to be excellent at it. That's all. That's, yeah, that's it. Anything that's experiential like that, like you don't want, you know, you want to. People want to are going to want to go and do the thing that you're writing about, but. But you hope that it's good enough that they, that 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 they actually go do it. That you like inspire them to go to New York and eat at whatever restaurant you've written about, mm-hmm. um, or that they just really enjoy it, enjoy reading the the reviewed for the writing and for well, the ideas. You know, since since you write for the New Yorker, which doesn't, as Andre said, use any plus minus rating systems, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you probably feel like you're not able to really get those out of your system so like on a scale of one to ten how much better is the food in LA than New York honestly I probably shouldn't say this while being recorded but I right now I feel like the food in LA is better than the food in New York yeah it, obviously I, I could no be no one's debating that I'm maybe oh, you're um, I I could just did still be sort of high on the novelty yeah I did with Jason and it's the first Chris place Chang. you're supposed to go when you yeah. come to LA yeah, right yeah, now yeah, yeah. we went to Seung Buk Dong yesterday <laughs> nice um, yeah it was really good and mm. I, I didn't I, I had my phone off for a while otherwise mm-hmm. I would have gotten mm-hmm. text <laughs> you were supposed to meet us there yeah <laughs> um, he blew it <laughs> No, but I, I mean, I think I'm sure it's, to some degree it's just me being jaded and, like, I've lived in New York for a really long time now. I've eaten a lot of food there. Um, and, I, and it's amazing. There's such, such, such good food in New York. But I've just been, like, 
consistently sort of like blown away by the food here and haven't had any bad meals here, which is probably because I haven't spent enough time here to have bad right. meals. How and I've been you. really pointed about where I eat when I'm here. Whereas in New York, it's like I have the freedom to just like eat anywhere and not feel like I'm wasting, you know, one of my limited meals. Yeah, I felt I, I, it was fun giving you a list of recommendations yeah. compared to other people. Be, just because, you know, I, you, you told me what you've had and what you haven't right, had, what right, you're looking right. forward to and not looking forward yeah. to, and then that really helped me kind of shape some ideas. I want to hear a short version of what you described. Give me the short version of what she wanted, what she didn't, and then where you well, ate you, and what you liked did about you, it. I think you asked me where I was planning to eat already, right? And mm. then you gave me recommendations that weren't those. Mm-hmm. And I think I told you I was going to Felix. Nice. Um, which, I haven't been. which I haven't been to yet, but I'm going tonight. Great. Um, and where else? Oh, I said I was going to Botanica, mm-hmm. which I did last night. Had a lovely meal there. Mm-hmm. Um, you liked it? I did like it, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, what was the best thing you had at Botanica? Uh, I think... Shout out to Botanica, ladies. <laughs> hey, ladies. <laughs> <laughs> They're um, the best. The, there was a side of sweet potatoes that were really, really good. I didn't... I've heard about my, the sweet potatoes. Yeah, my friend ordered them, so I didn't actually see them on the menu. I should go back and look. They were like super like white-fleshed ones that were small. I can't remember what, what those kinds... Was it like a Japanese sweet potato, called. I yeah, think? Yeah, I think so. Purple skin, white flesh? Yeah, like, like that like pinkish purple skin. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Was there um, a duka in play? I don't think there was don't a duke me, <laughs> I feel like there was um, there was some zest, maybe orange zest on top of them. I, mm-hmm. I wasn't like it was kind of dark in there, and I kara, kara. I was just like grabbing a you know a bite from my friend's plate. Um, but that was like that's the bite that stands mm-hmm. in my mind. Nice, most strongly. Apple and pan. they had really nice wine there. Oh, an apple pan. Great. I went to Apple Pan. I loved Apple. You pan. loved Apple oh, Pan. I, I just like Did I love like an old school place like that that feels Did you give like. her apple pan? No, my Mm-mm. the friend I'm staying with who's um my best friend from high school uh who moved out here like a year ago loves apple pan. Yeah. She was like love apple gotta pan. Got to go to apple pan. I was just curious cuz out of all the burger places in LA I don't know if I would Apple Pan is very polarizing. Interesting. I well, love you it. well Pine well, Burger is where I would send somebody. Where's Pine Burger? Pasadena. Mm. Yeah. And didn't, but, oh, oh, pie and burger. Yeah. Yeah, you had said that pie, mm-hmm. you meaning Jason. I like, I like them both. I like yeah. them both. Yeah. I love apple pan, but a lot of also people are like, pan. I don't get it. I mean, I would totally go to pie and burger too, but yeah. um, is, is pie and burger, does it, does it have the same kind of like yes. 1950s same exact vibe. charm? Yeah. yeah. So I'm so glad that there are two of those places. See, that's why the city is There's quite a few. At, there's Bill's Oh, there's burger. way more than two. Yeah, there's yeah. Bill's well, burgers. yeah, that's the thing. I was driving around and I kept seeing like cute little burger stands and like in parking lots. Yeah, if you count like, the valley, there's good? like 20 more, but good? nobody counts the valley. Yeah, it's crazy. Well, it's also, LA is so built out, but it's, you know, when you compare at least Great like regions and foods like New York, like an island, Manhattan, mm-hmm. to here, it's like you've got the tradition of orange fields and drive throughs in right. LA. Right. Not now, but as it was built up. So right. you get that yeah, idea. Back in the day, this was all orange groves. You didn't yeah. know that growing up on the East Coast, though. <laughs> so you get those classic, like, kind of drive through yeah. aesthetic yeah. places. Yeah, that... that's so romantic to me. And, like, I feel nostalgic for, like, Taco Bell was started here, for mine. example, things like that. <laughs> Love Taco Bell. And you went to Langer's. I went to Langer's, which was really good. Wow, yeah. So Langer's, better pastrami than in New York, right? <laughs> I, you know, after I ate the sandwich, I was like, I got to go 19? eat some. Yeah, I got a number 19. 
And then I thought, like, I have to go home and eat some more pastrami because it's been kind of a while. I, I went to Second Ave Deli recently, which I love. I love that place. Mm-hmm. The, I, I, sh- I can't say anything well, about I pastrami, mean, but I enjoyed my Langer sandwich There's a lot a of lot. New York, like, old, 80-year-old New York transplants mm-hmm. that have lived in L.A. for, like, mm-hmm. 20 years. And I mean, and I think so, too, in my limited time that I lived in New York for a year, year and a half. I still think Langer's is the best trauma I've had anywhere in the really? world. Really? So yeah. that's interesting. It's yeah. pretty unanimous so for LA and New York. Like, Katz is really good, a little yeah. too fatty, um, yeah. a little too sloppy. Langer's a little more put together. And I haven't actually, I've been to Katz's recently because I was doing, um, so right before I was working, right before I started working at the New Yorker, I was doing a thing for Grub Street where I Street. did some of their like best of lists. Mm-hmm. And one of them was that it was called the absolute best knish in New York, and so I That's ran around eating knishes. That's the list I want to know. Love a knish. And so I went to um, Katz's. Is knishes or knish like how we were talking about croissants question. or croissant? I'm not sure. I think it's knish. Macaroons or macarons? <laughs> I don't know. Wait, wait, wait. What's the distinction you made? Plural versus singular? Yeah, like oh. I think I, I've heard people say knish, or as in speaking of plural, knishes. Right. I've got right, all these right. knish. Like or like like come over to my house for Danish. Right, interesting. You know, what I, I don't mean? know. I wish I spoke. That also Yiddish. might be a colloquialism. It could be. Yeah. It, it, Even if you've heard somebody say that, it might just be kind I of. I mean, Kanish has a got past way. like the copy editing team at New York Magazine, so I think they probably hmm. do it that way. I don't, I don't know. I have no hmm. idea. What um, copy editing team another, did your <laughs> phrases get by? Jason? Yet another reason to keep boycotting that awful rag. <laughs> you were saying. Um, so anyway, so, so I had, I good. went to, <laughs> so squirrel was good <laughs> about that sorrel pesto. Mm-hmm. Um, no, I was just saying I've been to Katz's for just a knish recently, but I haven't had the pastrami in a while. So mm-hmm. now that I've had Langer's, I want to go back. Katz's is really good. Katz's. And there's this place that, um, Anthony Bourdain loves that I keep walking by and I've also had a knish there and it was really good, but I've never had the pastrami and it's called pastrami queen. Mm-hmm. So... Pastrami Queen. Yeah, it's called mm. Pastrami Queen. And you know what's insane? Their merch doesn't say Pastrami Queen on it. Like, I would wear a Pastrami Queen baseball yeah. hat every day. What is the... Is like, it just it says PQ. Like it's so insane. Awful. I went in there. PQ? And I was like, I need a Pastrami Queen something. And I was like, my jaw dropped. I was like, it's, it just says PQ. I also, want to call s- them and be like, can we collaborate on... A new Who line does your of merch? Yeah. I feel like Pastrami Queen could be kind of hurled as an insult towards a heavier set gal, though. Is the problem? The, I would wear it maybe, proudly. Maybe that's why. Maybe well, you know, you're more you're more svelte than most Pastrami well, Queens I've seen. Whatever. I think either way, everyone should feel proud to be a Pastrami Queen. You're no damn right, girl. We're talking. Um, I just saw. Um, our friend from Courage Bagels at, at Proof this morning. Oh, nice. We potted with her about a month ago, and we were talking right before the pot about mm-hmm. Montreal-style bagels, and you mentioned Toronto-style bagels. Yes, which and I, I didn't... didn't know what that God, was. Yeah. What? what? No, really? There's a Toronto-style yeah. bagel? Yeah. yeah, and I actually didn't, didn't know that, and that's surprising because I thought I knew everything it's about fucking bagels. Canadians, am I right? <laughs> well, I know a lot about Montreal bagels. I spent a lot of time in Montreal, mm-hmm. um, and I'm very well versed in the differences between Montreal bagels and New York bagels. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. yeah, apparently there's such a thing as Toronto bagels, which makes sense. I guess there was a lot of Jews in Toronto. Sounds like a little bit like bullshit. Well, this guy opened this place, Friedman's, um, in Silver Lake, and mm-hmm. he's from Toronto, mm-hmm. and he makes Toronto-style bagels, which he described to me as 
a mix between a dinner roll and a New York bagel, which isn't mm-hmm. like the most appealing. I think <laughs> that also like, sounds like an insult. Dinner roll is like squishy. I mean, I like a dinner roll, but I don't know. I couldn't. I couldn't quite conjure it. And then I got it, and it was good. It had like a very. It was. It was very squishy. It was definitely less dense than a New York bagel. And way less dense than a Montreal bagel, yeah. mm. but it had it had like the very shiny kind of hmm. exterior that was sort of like crisper than usual, maybe, or maybe it was just the contrast of the squishy inside. And there's and an like, egg wash. Oh, definitely. Well, <clears throat> well, actually, I don't know. I, or maybe isn't that? I think that's what you get from boiling from the boil. it. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I lived in Toronto a few times at like six months at a time. Mm. Sorry. Mm. So that's the only reason why I was like, and no bagels? I've never heard of this. I've never heard of this. But that means nothing. And <laughs> but I'm also not a you, smart you, man. You so. learned about this from a guy in Silver Lake. It's true. Right. Which is so... Like, right. Is, well, Sounds like yeah. this is my thing. But I... But I I'm inventing Again, there are... So, there's, there's such a large Jewish population in Toronto mm-hmm. that yeah. I feel like there... It w- makes sense that there's a Toronto-style bagel, but it's just not... I mean, before... I feel like before Montreal bagels kind of arrived in New York, I knew what they were because I'd spent a lot of time in Montreal, but I think a lot of New Yorkers mm-hmm. didn't necessarily Also, we're calling bullshit, that. even though it really is, <laughs> yeah, like, it is truly this? a thing. Yeah, yeah. So but you, it really is a when thing. When you went to this restaurant today, yes. did you tell them who you were and what no. you did? Or no, this no, was, I mean, I wasn't going you there. You never do that, No, right? I would never do I mean, that, I no. I think you've no. probably never done that in your entire life. No, no, I mean... Yeah, I try to, to like. Knock you. No, I'm just saying. <laughs> you idiot. No, 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 no. no. I came out weird. No, um, I I definitely try to fly under the radar, um, even if I'm not writing about. I mean, I would just feel like such an asshole being. I like, mean, I don't. Hello. I mean, obviously not declaring who you are as you walk in the yeah. door. But if you get to talking about yeah, specific maybe. food it, things with yeah, the chef, yeah. and he's like, "So, do you work in the food industry?" Sure. Yeah, like yeah. If someone and then was you're like, like, "I don't know what the food industry <laughs> like, is." Like, what do you mean? <laughs> um. No, yeah, I, I think if I, like, I actually was asking this guy a lot of questions, and if he had been like, so what do you do? I, I wouldn't have, like, Are lied. you an elite Yelper? <laughs> what is your deal? <laughs> like, I just love bagels. So, uh, scale of 1 to 100, what are we giving Friedman's? And then we'll move one on. 1 to 100? Yeah, you know. um, oh, God, that's a horrible <laughs> scale. There's a reason that that's not the scale for... Ron Tomatoes, baby! Yeah, that's true. Come but, on! He's, yeah, but you know what? The, but the writers, don't, the writers don't choose the percentage. It's like some like like number. It's cruncher. based on the uh, over or under of positive negative right, reviews. Right, right, right. I know, but so to an like, aggregate. I, my, my, I'm aggregate. I'm not a math person. I work with words. Okay, well so. then, just take at a scale of one, <laughs> one to ten, one to ten, with a decimal point in play. I, I, it, I've only been there once, and I only had. I tried two sandwiches and it was lunch which I feel like isn't like you can't just go to a place that serves dinner for lunch and then mm-hmm. judge it but uh, the, Ooh, this is the meal itself not good. We're no in, I'm just like a nervous right like I just want to get it right that's the whole point um, of this for lunch I would give it like a solid seven I thought it was okay it was good nice. yeah it was yeah. really good I had a so the, the thing about fish? the I did I had um, I had some white fish salad nice um, it was, and the thing about the Toronto style bagel is it does make a great um, sandwich bagel. Mm. So I had because it's lighter. Yeah, and yeah, it's bagel like sandwich. You can't, really I never like, liked a bagel sandwich. Yeah, it's hard to eat a bagel sandwich. Mm-hmm. It's always like like even like lox and cream cheese if they put a lot of it on as they do in New York. Squirt City. Yeah, it's like it's all falling apart. And this was like it really squished in the way Toronto's that you known as Squirt to. City. It's sort of Squirt City. Sea salt bagel. <laughs> um, it was not a sea salt bagel. It was a plain bagel. Plain bagel. And I mean, maybe it was made with sea salt, though. Maybe it was boiled in sea salt water. I don't know. But it had whitefish salad, 
fried chicken skin, which was really nice. That's nice. Some iceberg lettuce. Making some schmaltz some in the back. Gotta do yeah, something like that skin. Yeah, there was a lot skin. of schmaltz happening at that restaurant. Because then we also got chicken liver, and that had schmaltz in it, obviously. And mm. When she went to yeah. Langer's, did you tell her about the platter? No. No. Yeah, you got to get What's the platter. What's the platter? You basically, it, so the, pl- the platter. <laughs> it's big. Okay. Um, it's for two at least, but basically you get everything that you can make a 19 with. Oh, So you get pastrami, smart. you get sauerkraut, you get Swiss cheese, but it comes with like beans, chopped oh, liver, wow. french fries. It's called wow. the deluxe Bread. pastrami platter. Salad. That's amazing. It comes with like... And Russian dressing? Yeah, and see. everything you It need. comes with a plate of pastrami, some, uh, some chicken liver. Mm. Uh, carrots, cucumbers, onions, tomatoes, wow. rolled up Swiss cheese logs, green olives, black olives, cornichon, pickle, coleslaw, baked beans, French fries, and then that's it. And then you got to order a couple pieces of bread. Well, they, the, they couple pieces of bread. They bring or no oh, extra you, bread. They, extra bring, bread. they bring you bread. They'll, they'll bring you like a couple pieces of bread, but if. It's it's enough food for way more than one person, right. so you gotta get another side of bread so both people can make a sandwich out of it. Think of like the saltines, you pull a ch- little chopped liver on it, right, some right, raw right. onion, oh, and then the whole you thing. can make your little nineteen. That and then sounds you like can a just, perfect thing. It's uh, we find it to be the superior order. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Really smart. I I was like I went there on a day that I was eating lots of other stuff, so I just split a number nineteen actually. Which is a lot of food. That's and, also that's also fries. a good it's a good idea. Yeah, that, yeah. I mean, I mean you don't want to die an early death by no. eating too much pastrami with coleslaw and he maybe does. yeah, maybe yeah. you do. I don't My know outlook on life say. isn't real bright right now. So <laughs> ready to go. Aww. I'm done with this place. <laughs> Speaking of, we have some uh, questions from our listeners. Great. Are you ready to field um, some? Yeah, totally. All right, we'll start off with uh, with a nice softball, Emily Petruccioni. Mm. Great last name. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Petrocione. <laughs> a friend of ours. What is, uh, <clears throat> what is the soundtrack to cooking your lady or man a meal? Ooh. Great question. Gosh. I told I mean, Petruccione I like a little jazz. Yeah, a little Maybe jazz a little is Chet always bake. nice when cooking. Um, Sleep, dope smoker. He likes... All 64 <laughs> minutes. Nice. I like to listen to The Mystery Method on audible.com. It's a uh, never mind. It's a joke, you guys. <laughs> oh, you're talking about the method, the book, but it's there's an audible book of that. Yeah, it's a book about how to It's a book about how to pick up chicks. <laughs> is what the joke put is? On the game, remember the game. That's what he's talking about. Oh, the, that, mis- the, the guy, the guy method. who the game is about, Has wrote a book, book called The Mystery Method. Oh, that's yeah. really, that's really creepy and a fun. Way. Written by mystery. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Nice. Because you gotta have a cool name. Call yourself literary guys. Come on, what the fuck? (laughs) Um, But yeah, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go. A nice jazz jazz. sets it off. Yeah, jazz is always good. Like some like Ella Fitzgerald is always Mm. nice. I like some jazz like singing. Do you guys only cook in rom coms? Is that what's going on here? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Well, she said for your for your lady or your man. Yeah, because yeah, you're kind of you're you're kind of getting into a little bit of a little bit. You know the. You want a little more wine? Exactly. A little that kind of thing? Yeah. No, that's Easy the opposite. Listening. Yeah, I hear jazz and I just, that's not, sex is not happening You're like, at all. like, I have to go. Yeah, like, no, I'm going <laughs> to go to a dive bar and put four quarters in the jukebox and see what happens. Andre doesn't like jazz? No. No jazz. No. Not even a little elephant I mean, Gerald? Yeah, sure. That's fine. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. It just it makes it feel kind of warm and like. Jazz is the music I don't play as opposed to the notes I don't play. <laughs> mm. No, it's fine. It's fine. But yeah, no. So what would you do? 
Um, or what do you do? What would I be listening to? I don't know. I guess. Um, I know. The, I know the answer. What's the answer? NPR. <laughs> uh, that, I was actually going to say that. <laughs> Unfortunately, but that's like yeah. that's not if you're trying to it's woo true. someone. That's just like realistically what I just have on in the kitchen mm-hmm. all the time. Maybe it's the Pixies. Like, yeah. Maybe Fleetwood Mac. Fleetwood Mac's a good one. Mm-hmm. That's good. I mean, if it's a fun date, Metallica. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> I'm looking for a fun date. <laughs> Do you guys know? I can't, I actually don't. I think if it's a blog, it maybe still exists called Aquarium Drunkard. Yeah. Yeah. You, yeah. So yeah, yeah. They have great an blog. amazing. Um, is, it, is it? Does it still exist? Yeah. I, it, it still exists. I, yeah. Any. Uh, you know, the guy lives in LA. Oh, nice. Yep. So he so great selection of white maybe... people music on that <laughs> website. <laughs> um, yeah, the guy who runs that was a music supervisor on a movie I did. Oh, really? Yeah. So that makes sense. So he used to, or maybe still does, release like mixtapes basically mm-hmm. online. And if you, they have like a Spotify playlist that yeah. has many many songs on it, and all that's like my go-to dinner party soundtrack. I'll just put that on and hit shuffle, mm-hmm. and it's like a nice. Yeah, mix. for me, the band Rye R H Y E is uh-huh. like the they make music that was made specifically uh-huh. for a dinner party. Uh-huh. I feel like just people in their thirties having. Petite Syrah <laughs> and talking about shit. Yep. That's what it's there for. We've just given Emily some great advice. Yeah. Petruccioni, <laughs> how do you like that? Um, dumb Jerk Idiot asks, how do you feel about puking and when is the last time you did it? Wow. I'm a fan. I kind of like it too. <laughs> he also likes enemas, so <laughs> both ends he's a big fan of. I puked a lot as a kid. That was like a thing, like... I was often puking. You mean like you were sick or you had no, a disease? No, I was not bulimic. <laughs> no, I think I just like, if I like, if I felt sick, I would throw up. You know, I wasn't like... You made yourself do it? No, no, or I just, you just was did like, it. yeah, I just like, I got... Um, you had I, a hair trigger get... for a stomach is what you're saying. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, no, I don't have a weak stomach, but I did get, um, I used to get super car sick. Mm. Like, oh shit. On like really short rides. Like it would be like a 20 minute drive and I would just have to throw up. So it was like a lot of like pull over. I have mm-hmm. to throw up. So it does, it feels like familiar to me. It's so no like stranger to going thing. head first into a toilet is what you're saying. <laughs> exactly. I, I mean, I, I used to, I feel like I used to throw up when I was a kid as well. Yeah. A decent yeah. amount. Yeah. But when I, once I became an adult and I kind of was, had a better sense of my body and how yeah. it works, I was like, if I have to puke, great. Right. Because I know I'm going to feel better exactly. in like five minutes. Exactly. It's yeah. going to be the, the quickest yeah. relief from whatever nothing, trouble not I'm scary. in. It's not scary. There are people who are like really like fearful of throwing up. And I remember growing up with this girl who if someone threw up, she would throw up too. Like it was just like she couldn't. It was like a thing about her that like everyone knew. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't. I don't like it, obviously. No, it's not But I also it. don't hate it because I know It's not people. obvious because we both said we liked it. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm we not going to go that it. far. I know people that... I had an ex-girlfriend who I think was, like, one of her least favorite things in the universe was the idea of having to throw up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. it was, like, almost maybe a borderline fear. Yeah, Hates exactly. nausea. So I don't have that. I think it's a, you can have a real phobia. Like, if I feel like I'm going to throw up, I'll try and throw up. Yeah, same. So... I guess like I don't dislike it that much. But I yeah. can't remember the last time I did it. Yeah, I can't. Either. Are we going carrot, toothpick, or pinky? <laughs> What's the method, guys? Oh, I don't need anything. What's I a just carrot or a like, toothpick? D- for how you like 
Ugh. Yeah, no, I just like I just think it's a food podcast. I just think about how I feel sick and Sorry, like, toothbrush. And, like make myself yeah. do it just psychologically. I mean, definitely the last yeah, time I threw up was like a <laughs> stomach flu, but I feel like that was yeah. at least a couple years ago. Yeah. And I, and I was on I, I was like on recently. the couch for like a couple days kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah, thing. yeah. I feel like I I can't remember. Definitely like I eat a lot. So, I feel like there <laughs> there have been there are times when I've just like Mama's got to make a little room. Or like... I've thrown up from too rich of a meal. Yeah, too rich of a meal and like too much drinking and like I'll wake up in the middle of... All these truffles. I remember... All these truffles. All these truffles. (laughs) I remember in Boston, uh, we ate at an Italian place that was... Lobster ravioli was one of the famous dishes. And somehow from what we ordered out of four or five things... Basically, everything was in a cream sauce yeah. without knowing better That's before hard. we ordered. That's hard. And we went through it. It was great. And then I got home yeah. and I was just like, oh, I've, my body <laughs> feels so bad uh-huh. from food that was obviously cooked fine. And I was right. Bah. Right. Mm-hmm. You, you can only take so much. Yeah. It's like, yeah, I, I try not to get to that point, but it's not like the you know biggest deal. Hopefully soon. Happens. <laughs> uh, Jenna Wexler asks, has anyone tried the Gelson's? In-house brand wine. Is it decent? What do we know? Someone was just telling me about that. I've never even that. seen it. Somebody was just telling me about Have it. Have you well, seen it before? I had not. I, I made her send me a link to it. And Gelson's, for listeners at home, it's a, a supermarket right. here in Los Angeles that we've spoken about Jason's before. Jason's a huge fan of. He got really upset with me when I spelled the name wrong in a text. <laughs> that was awkward. Did you forget the apostrophe? No, there was no I in it. And I thought there was an I in it. And I had uh, a whole thing. The he's I? like, there's no I. No, there isn't. No, for for years, he's like? pronounced it Gaelson's. Oh, that's what I was And I, the one time I corrected it, boy, he didn't like it. <laughs> no, someone told me that, um, that there's a wine bar in... Yeah. There is there is a wine right. bar in there, right. and it's a trend that's happening. Well, I went to Silver Lake Wines when they did one of their wine tastings. Do you it's know great. about this? One of it's my so favorite fun. favorite wine it's stores so in fun. all of LA. It was such a great thing. Although there was this really angry woman who came in who wanted to buy a bottle of wine, and the the, the tasting was very crowded, and so everyone was like, <clears> you know, standing by those tables and putting their glasses of wine down. And she was like, she came over and like picked up a bottle of wine like near my glass like almost knocked over and she's like I can't see anything and I was like uh, maybe yeah. don't maybe don't come during a wine tasting like there's lots of I'm sure there's other wine yeah, stores if you really love wine that much you should walk yeah. in and be like oh my friends yeah, exactly. my colleagues and associates so, obviously I she needed it. to be drinking vodka in her car <laughs> picking up a bottle of wine from the fucking so no pop off at all here huh yeah. guys but anyway we were talking about um, about just wine and tastings and and then and someone said that there was a wine bar in Gelson's and that you could have someone shop for you while you enjoyed Wait. a glass Whoa. of wine. Is that, is that not true? Is that not true? That's we don't know. That, that's I mean, I don't know if that's true, but insane. It, it yeah. totally is something that you would see at Gelson's. Uh, yeah, I've just never like, been to Gelson's. What kind of grocery store? It's just kind of like a higher end, expensive okay. market, but it's it's not, shitty. It's what would you like? It's is not that shitty. You liken it to like. There's nothing worth it there that it's priced over for. Okay. It's expensive and, and not worth You're it. You're paying Got for it. the clientele and atmosphere or lack thereof right, clientele, right, if right. you know what I mean. Gross, yeah. No yeah. poor people. <laughs> um, gross. They also, for a long time, were the only, it may still be, but <clears throat> were the only supermarkets in L.A. that had their own card, their own credit card or, or accounts. 
So I knew a lot of people that, like, rich L.A. people that had <laughs> nannies or right. assistants or we whatever. Just, like, putting it and the on reason the why they would card. go and make people shop at Gailson's was because... Put it on the house account, Jonathan. Here's the Gailson's card. <laughs> yeah. See, he said it. Gailson's. I did notice that. <laughs> you guys are... Not you. I'm sorry. You're an idiot. You can, you can call me an idiot. I don't mind. I don't mind. Uh, yeah, I, I, I wanted, like when Gelson's opened up their bar in there, everyone was like, it would be funny to go and like have wine in the supermarket and it'd be weird. Mm -hmm. And then now that like six months or a year has passed, it's kind of like you go into Gelson's and there's like two guys just like staring at the wall in front of them drinking a IPA and it does not, it doesn't look funny at all. What's crazy is that I think since it opened, there's always been at least one person drinking every time I've gone in there. They're just kind of like watching like CNN and like, yeah. But so, no. so you haven't tried the house wine? I haven't the tried the house wine. Question. I would, though. What, probably, what kind of grapes is it made with? Do we I, th- know? I think they, I'm sure they just commission a winery somewhere mm-hmm. to make it, and they put the Gelson's label on it and mm-hmm. charge $42. I will it's prob- $42? That's an, a guesstimation based on the ridiculously inflated wow. prices that they have over there. The only thing, okay, so you just I a nice Owen Wilson. Wow, <laughs> they have <laughs> wow, real wow. fun kind of sandwich salad station, and they have carved roast beef and a whole turkey they make every day. So there's things in the deli that are kind of nice. Is it like is it like n- what Whole Foods used to be? Sort of when Whole Foods no. didn't seem like a it, it no. leans so less not, health conscious. Oh, it's yeah. more it's way more of just like conscious. a normal supermarket, like but a fancy. Ralph's or a Vons, but just thirty five. There's a lot of places expensive. like that in New York, but they're yeah, really sure. not good. Like they're like yeah. like Citarella, for example. Right, right, right. There's, there, there's there tons of places here? like that in no. no. There's yeah. a lot of places like that in New York. Yeah, Same kind of vibe. It's so expensive, and people go there and spend a lot of money there, but it's like not as good. Your Raincoast crisps are going to be $2 more there yeah, and it's worth exactly. it. Exactly. Or like the same olives that you could get, you know, anywhere else or Absolutely. like the same can of beans. It's like they still But when you go in there, Goya do you beans. feel does it does it feel different when you go in there even if you don't buy anything? Do you get whisked away with a different sense no, of No, because really they're also Jason kind of shitty. Like they're kind of old. It's like the citarellas mm-hmm. feel like run down. Right. It's not like a nice The the maybe it's more like there's a store called Union Market. Mm-hmm. That's a little bit like that, where it does feel sort of like refined, but it's like you not you walk better. in the front doors and you're like, oh. you're a little bit, a little bit. It's a bit. little bit of an oasis in the yeah. concrete jungle we call New York City. <laughs> I wouldn't go that far, but that's definitely <laughs> what they're going for, I think. Okay. But not, they're not quite nailing it. All right, next question. Literal Genius asks, <laughs> talking to yourself while you cook, too far, too weird, too creepy? Is it acceptable? I talk... To myself, as in thinking out loud, it only happens when I'm cooking. Do you guys, uh, can you guys relate to this at all? I talk to my dog, but Mm. no, I never talk out loud to myself when I cook, and I'm not against it. I think it's absolutely healthy. Sure. I don't think I do, but I might. I feel like that's one of those things where you might be doing it and not noticing. Mm -hmm. I think maybe somewhere between talking and silence in like a Julia Child, like, yeah. Sounds world yeah, is like yeah, a little. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> as you're da- tapping in the cinnamon. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I definitely sworn exactly. out loud cutting myself. So I don't know yeah. if that counts. I think I probably do things like, okay, like one, one teaspoon. Like I'm sort of just like, you know what I mean? Like I'm like reading a, a, a recipe and oh, right, saying right, it out right. loud to myself, like two cups of this. Like, but I don't think I'm like having. 
conversations. Yeah, you're not like, myself. all right, the, the oven timer dings, and you're <laughs> right. like, all right, here we go. I'm about to open the oven. Let's hope my turkey's not no, overcooked. None of that. And it's good. I mean, sometimes, uh, you know, as you get a little bit older, you'll bend down tr- that broiler and do a broiler squad and be like, ugh, ugh, you know? Yeah. A Pulling a piece of talking. Bub and Grandma's out of that broiler. <laughs> no, I would say don't be embarrassed by that. Totally cool. Yeah, I think, I think totally talking fine. to yourself while you're cooking is not creepy. I mean, I guess it really depends on what you're saying, though. Also, <laughs> it's like a weird like manifesto or something like that. <laughs> no manifestos. <laughs> but I think okay. we also really like to cook, and we like to cook for people and with people around. Mm-hmm. And for us, or I'm talking about Jason and I. Jason, yeah. we're cooking is very much a social activity so if you happen to be cooking without people around it seems normal to me that you'd just be used to being in that yeah. mode of just being kind of wanting mm-hmm. to hang out and more pizza pie stuff like right. that yeah, I don't right. say that <laughs> have you said it ever? yeah I've said it for sure so yeah don't don't be afraid about talking to yourself no, in, the, nice. in the kitchen until um, you know until you get some friends then you can start <laughs> Talking if that. you start answering Cutting yourself back, maybe yeah, that's a little maybe weird. start Ooh. to think about that. <laughs> yeah, that's what we call a tell in the uh, talking to yourself game. Don't don't answer. Yeah, once you answer, it's out of my it's, it's all out of my over. And uh, Latingua asks favorite granola recipe. Ooh, I, I feel like Andre's made more granola than both of us have made. I make a lot of granola. So. Ooh. <laughs> Wait a second. But how much granola do you make? Not a lot. He doesn't make a ton, oh. but I'm. I was saying that mainly because I've made it like once. Oh, I make it like I try to make it every couple weeks. Are you a granola queen? Ooh. I'm a granola queen. I love granola. <laughs> I love granola too. Okay, walk me through. Walk me through uh, HG granola. Well, I I sort of like mostly do the. Um, there's a recipe from. Uh, a cookbook that I love, which is the Food 52 Genius Cookbook. Do you know that one? I don't have I know it, the website. I know of it. It's I really know the good. So you know the website, and they had like a category. Maybe they still do a column where, like, called Genius Recipes, and it was like mm-hmm. the recipes that were just like. I feel awesome. like they, they do a good job yeah. of curating that website. Totally. Yeah. There's yeah. A lot I of like similar that website websites, a lot. and I feel yeah, like Food 52 out. is a little better. Totally. But so the, yeah, so they they flag the ones that are just like. These just greatest like, hits. They, yeah, greatest hits. Like they're so easy to make. They're special. They're the kinds of things that everyone's like, this is the best. You know, insert whatever mm-hmm. type of food here. And so they have um, in that cookbook. They made a cookbook out of those recipes. They have a granola recipe that's um, olive oil, which is very is key for me. Mom, like mommy, I'm, yeah. I've stopped making. I only make granola with olive oil. Not. I don't. I don't actually don't know if I ever made it before that. <laughs> I think the first time <laughs> I made it was with olive oil. But it has olive oil, it has maple syrup, it has brown sugar, which I sometimes do and sometimes don't because mm-hmm. I feel like the maple syrup is usually enough. Um, I definitely like both. You do? Interesting. Yeah. I should I should like do a real taste test and see if I notice. But also my granola is definitely on the less sweet side. Too. Yeah, yeah. I like so. it to be, you know, pretty balanced. And then um, nuts. I like pistachios, but I'll mm. do almonds sometimes yeah. or, or a mix. Are you shelling those pistachios yourself? Or no, I them buy pre-shelled? them. I buy them pre-shelled. Yeah. Must be nice. Yeah. Go ahead. <laughs> really nice. And then I'll, I'll put in um, like hemp seeds mm-hmm. sometimes or, uh, or flax seeds rather, not hemp mm-hmm. seeds. Um, and salt. Got to have... I like it really salty. Mm. Um, and then I'll put in after... Oh, coconut flakes. Oh, Gotta have coconut mm-hmm, flakes. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then you cook it kind of like low and slow. Um, and then after I'll put in some dried fruit. I like dried cherries. It, I'm sort of riffing off of... Um, do you guys know that granola brand um, called Early Bird? 
they have that back Mm-mm. here? It's I don't actually, know. It I, might be out here. I worked at a restaurant called Franny's in Brooklyn briefly, and the uh, manager who hired me left soon after to start this granola company called Early Bird. Oh. And she, it's Cute name really, for a granola company. really good granola. It's so good. I'm surprised it's not out here, actually. What kind of milk are you using for this granola? I like yogurt, but I only drink whole milk. So. The only reason he asked that Hell question yeah. is so he can talk about oat milk. It's the only reason he asked <laughs> I do you. He like, doesn't care I, about your answer. I've jumped true. on the oat milk, not true. oat milk, oat milk, oat milk um, bandwagon or off the bandwagon. I off, love a whole the milk. Yeah. Whole milk is great. I love whole milk, but oat milk is is good. Oat but milk I feel is like the... for a granola or for a cereal, it's not a yogurt zone. Really? Oh my god! I was just going to say, feel differently? only yogurt. Yogurt and granola is it's the so best thing good. in the world. But yeah. I but you would never do yoga yogurt and cereal. Exactly. Exactly. Or would you? Milk I've done it for other cereals. Like before. I've done it before. No, I I've done it before too. But with Cheerios it's or not Rice Krispies, great. I don't like that. Granola <sighs> has the right texture for yogurt to me. Yeah. It's like I mean I've had I've had it I've had yogurt with granola (laughs) many a time for sure but and you don't like it I just love yogurt so much me want to but me too me too so what goes in your granola well I don't like dried fruit in general oh interesting although like a dehydrated blueberry Mm -hmm. maybe but Mm -hmm. even so if I'm making for myself it never has that but a lot of similar stuff that you have. Um, I like pumpkin seeds. Mm, I like mm-hmm. sesame seeds. Mm-hmm. I'll use more seeds than nuts because yeah. I like that. I like the flavor that those seeds bring. I find, unless you're using something like a hazelnut, I don't find there's a lot of necessarily flavor you get from certain nuts. It's yeah. more texture, or if you're looking for fat, like nutrition, yeah. like all that. What about stuff? some of those mama's macadamias, though? <laughs> I've never done that, but I, I would. I t- that Good. would. Um, mm, yeah. But yeah, similar stuff. Oats. Oh, yeah, I forgot the oats. The but oats I think it's, kind of, it's probably, probably kind of just understood yeah, yeah, that that's, that's going to be the game plan. Yeah. But I really like what, because I've tried it, and I'll either use olive oil or grapeseed oil, mm-hmm. but I tried it a few times with sesame oil because I love toasted oh. sesame oil so much, and it was too much. Um, too strong. Yeah, it was just, and it can be. Could and you I, do part sesame oil? One probably. eyedropper of sesame oil yeah. is too strong. But what I found was sesame seeds gave that nice mm. little, that flavor. He'll do a little Chinese five spice at the end as I well. I <laughs> That could be good. I did, I no. started putting a little, um, the last time I made it, I put a little ground ginger in it and some mm. cardamom, which is really good. And then I, the, I saw a recipe on Bon Goes to Botanica once. Exactly. Um, I saw a recipe on Bon Appetit for tahini granola mm-hmm. that which, makes sense that's yeah, just me that's, that's exactly although that. i keep trying to bake things with tahini and finding that the i don't know what i'm doing wrong or if like you just need more i mean i followed the recipe but i couldn't really because god the never tahini. intended tahini to be in some damn desserts. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't make that much sense to me because inherently you're adding a lot of water if you're if you're replacing yeah. oil with tahini you're adding a lot of moisture and water to something that you're trying but to I, bake I did, the moisture out yeah. of i did have I a tahini know. chocolate tart when we went over to Royce's, Sounds remember good. that that girl made that like yeah, that's chocolate fu- squirrel. Yeah, but that's fine. That's like a, that's but when like you a, cook it, that was a custard it, tart. It feels like you're trying to get crispy. You're trying to get all that moisture. It didn't, it didn't mess with the texture, but it was like I just couldn't taste. The, oh, okay. Yeah, like I I think the the whoever developed the recipe had probably taken that into account, but um no, it was just that it didn't it didn't taste that much different than my granola without tahini mm-hmm. so I was like maybe it needs more tahini and I made tahini it's also if you can't taste it tahini's not cheap 
Not I know. It's not expensive, it's but it's still like a fifteen dollar jar. You get the good exactly. stuff. Yeah. So it's like, why use it? If yeah, you can't and I just got it? the good. I bought some good stuff on Amazon. Yeah. It was like the first time I used it. it tahini is incredible. I mean, I'm sure you know, but I tahini is so versatile from marinades to salad dressings, mm-hmm. to hummuses. Just like there's, there's it's incredible really good stuff. So I and I usually don't ever use it without at least miso. I find those huh. two paired together if you're doing a dressing or a marinade, like always use the two together. Nice. Mm, well, you were talking about a dressing that you make with yogurt. Was that you? I Green think goddess? so. Yeah, mm. which like blew, kind of blew my mind. Weren't you talking about that on an episode yeah, of this use, very using, podcast? Using yogurt instead of, instead all, of olive yeah, oil in yeah, a vinaigrette. Which is such a good idea that never occurred to me. It gets, real, it gets it. a little ranchy in a good it way. It emulsifies yeah. instantly yeah. and stays. It makes sense. I would it has less calories and fat yeah. than olive oil. Mm-hmm. And if you're a creamy dressing person, it's creamier. It's just a really good idea. But yeah, not everyone. Nice. A lot of people are not into the creamies, though. Right. But you also, if you're going to do that, I mean, you can do it anyway, but highly recommend a whole fat yogurt if you're going to do yeah, that. Yeah, always. That won't always. work with a low fat or non fat. Never, so never many low years fat any. Eating like the 0% Faye yogurt. And yeah. then at some point, mm. I was like, I had some whole milk yogurt and I was like, what have I been doing? Yeah. Yeah. yeah for milk, yogurt. Yeah. It's crazy. Everything, buttermilk, yeah. butter. Just either eat cream. it or don't. Like, don't take out the fat. You know, if you, mm-hmm. if you don't want the fat, mm-hmm. don't drink the milk yeah luckily that's a a slogan that a lot of people know about now (laughs) where uh just five years ago they didn't and especially when we were kids did not at all so much skim milk you know all of our parents still do yeah you listening mom but oat milk my mom's vegan is is she she flirts around with a little cheese sometimes but mostly (laughs) vegan yeah good for her isn't that good so does she love oat milk have you gotten her into oat milk? Uh, I don't know if she's tried oat milk. She's actually, she got into the game pretty early, so she's kind of like a rice milk head oh. from back in the day, you know? Okay. Back when this was all orange grubs, rice was the only <laughs> alternative milk we had to choose from. <laughs> and it was pretty good. Yeah. Um, speaking of that, Cyril O asks, easy dressing for a grain bowl. Mm. Um, Miso I just, tahini. Mm-hmm. Miso tahini, good. I made I made one a weird one today that was kind of like a savory ish vinaigrette, but it's kind of weird. It was like um, Dijon, some yogurt, olive oil, um, pickled juice as the vinegar, mm, and some good. grapefruit zest. So it's, nice. it's, it sounds kind of weird, but I think for like a funky grain bowl, it could work. Sounds good. Well for it. Sounds really good. And you would do miso. Yeah. Um, so if I was going to do that, because I, I used to do, I don't do it anymore, but I used to do a bowl pretty often with pan-fried tofu, um, baked chickpeas, and broccolini mm. over brown rice. And then for that sauce, it was um, tables. I would start with, and then this was, it was always a little different, but if I was going to write it down, it would be like a tablespoon of tahini, tablespoon of white miso, tablespoon of gochujang, uh, some hot water, mm. some peanut sauce, toasted sesame oil, mirin, rice wine vinegar, soy sauce, and then really blend that. Wow. And blend that, and slowly add hot water or more. If you have any toasted sesame oil in it, you're going to want to add olive oil instead of adding more toasted sesame oil. But adding hot water and oil to con- to whatever consistency you want, and then a, like a 
maybe a raw clove of ginger and a raw clove of garlic just to brighten it up, keep it fresh, and then um, some lime juice too. Lime. I mean lemon juice. Damn, son. That sounds Blend that. really, really good. I'm not that like a... Really I, you're inspiring me to be more of like an improviser. I tend to get very focused on following recipes. I'm like mm-hmm. a real rule follower. I'm like, mm-hmm. I'd like to just me have too. someone tell I me exactly what to do. But time that's, and, both. Classic fact checker. Do both. Yeah, yeah, do both. Yeah, yeah. And so yeah, I should start to experiment more with my sauces and condiments. I did make... Um, this isn't really for a grain bowl, but I made um, chili oil. And mm. it was so good. And I was kind of just putting that on everything. I guess you could put it on a grain bowl. It sort of makes it a little less healthy. I would do it. It was so good. How'd you it make like, it? Um, I, I'm trying to remember. I got. I did, I did look at a recipe, but then I riffed on it a little bit. It was from um, the Omnivore's Cookbook, I think. Mm-hmm. It's a blog. Yep. Um, and you basically just heat up oil, I think. I'm not going to remember this, but it, it's basically like pouring hot oil over a mix of um, spices, and you can kind of mix and match, and ginger. And I did, I toasted some Sichuan peppercorns, mm-hmm. which smell Great. like so amazing. I really recommend just toasting Sichuan peppercorns yeah. mm-hmm. for the aroma in your kitchen. There's mm-hmm. a weird sweetness to it that yeah. I don't understand how that happens in a chili. It's wild. When you toast, yeah. when you toast Sichuan peppercorns. Um, and then I did... Um, some dried chilies that I got at, there's this amazing store um, in Manhattan called Calustians. It's like, just like... Sounds cheap. Calustians. (laughs) It's like, it's in, it's on a... This is in a Wes Anderson movie? (laughs) Could be. Um, It's been there for a long time. I think it's been there since the 1940s. And it's like this little, it seems like a tiny store, but it has like many, many, many aisles and it's really dense. And they just have truly like any spice or ingredient, basically dry, dry ingredient that you've ever heard of. It's mm-hmm. wild. It's like they've got like probably like 80 different types of chili peppers. So I just picked a chili pepper from there and that's where I got the Szechuan peppercorns and I did some star anise and I did some sesame seeds. So it was kind of crunchy mm-hmm. and it just turned this like beautiful Sounds like a wet duka to me. <laughs> it was kind of like a wet duka. <laughs> Yeah, it was a little bit like my dad. He looks so upset. He's just so stupid. He's trying to work that in again for the second time. So stupid, right? Um, next question. Greyhound Greyhound asks, four friends and I are moving in together with little cooking experience, and we want to try and cook a meal all together every Sunday night. It's nice. Which One. Is, which is nice. That's like the best way you can ever teach yourself to cook yeah. is to do that a weekly meal with other people. Mm-hmm. It's the most yep. fun and best way to learn. And then afterwards, when you're done eating the meal, you can all enjoy HBO's programming on Sunday night. <laughs> Hell yeah. Um, and the rest of the question, what is a good filling meal to feed for that isn't too expensive? And FYI, we live in Wisconsin and have access to great cheese and dairy as well. Oh. Start with a roast chicken. Should be your first meal. Ooh. Yeah, that's a good idea. Yeah, that once you cook a roast chicken, I feel like once you see that it's not that hard, then you feel it's like a gateway. It's like mm-hmm. then you understand that you can really make anything because mm-hmm. it's so it feels so magical the first time you make a roast chicken. You're like, I made that. Like that. Mm-hmm. That mm-hmm. looks like a roast chicken. How? Speaking of the roast chicken, what's up with the hair dryer? Oh yeah, so that, that's my colleague. Her? No, Helen Rosner. Her colleague Helen. Yeah. She um, 
she on a, there was a snow day kind of situation last week and she was roasting a chicken and she dries her chicken with dries the chicken skin out with a hair dryer which is i think a pretty common thing no before so i think she like dry brined it mm-hmm. um and put it in the fridge mm-hmm. which i also do mm-hmm. you just like throw a bunch of so salt, salt on there yeah yep. and put it on you know in uncovered in your fridge and she said she wrote about it she took it out of the fridge and she was like it wasn't dry enough so she took out her hair dryer which happens to be a very expensive hair dryer it's like a 400 hundred dollar hair dryer and she, dry, and she finished it off yeah i actually didn't either um and that was kind of like she's like a really nice big home. twitter following so she like posted a p- photo of it and was like you know, drying out my chicken with this like insanely expensive hair dryer. Looks like an expensive Spon hair dryer. It's like, yeah, yeah. I don't think she called it out until later. She didn't, I don't think she said what the brand was. <laughs> but anyway, it kind of like went viral, and all the tabloids picked it up weirdly. Like she was like in the Daily Mail and in the New York Post, being like, "Food writer uses four hundred dollar hair dryer to cook her chicken." And some people got really confused and thought she was cooking the chicken with the hair dryer, <laughs> and it was like a whole thing. But I think it seems like a a, uh, it makes sense to me to speed up the yeah. drying process because you want, you know, when you, totally. Andre does it all the time, when you, any type of poultry like that, mm-hmm. put it in the fridge uncovered until the skin just looks glassine and yeah. almost right. blue, like right. clear color. The There's a recipe that I, I really like Thomas Keller's recipe for um, roast chicken and he suggests like drying it, which is good for like a quick method. Um, with just paper towels, but just like mm-hmm. really going over it and like mm-hmm. blotting, blotting, blotting. And that actually has worked pretty well for me. Um, paper towels have proven to be very absorbent over the years. Paper towels are very absorbent. And I just, um, I just wrote a review of a restaurant in Brooklyn, um, a, uh, an Uzbek restaurant. Um, and they use hair dryers mm. in their kitchen to kind of keep the coals going under kebabs. Oh wow! Mm-hmm. They use like Dwayne Reed, like three dollar hair dryers. That's I, so I interesting. Probably can't get a hair dryer for three dollars, but the cheapest <laughs> hair dryers on the market is what they use. <laughs> so hair dryers in the kitchen make ah. a lot of sense. And I, if you can, I would say like the first rule to me of roasting a chicken is brining it, even if you mm-hmm. only have like an hour or two hours. Yeah. Even though that's going to really. Inf- get a lot of moisture into the chicken you're gonna have a hard time with a uh, crisp skin if you're like going straight from brining it to straight into the oven mm-hmm. <coughs> a lot Excuse of rolls me. of brownie i still think that i would rather have a really well cooked chicken roast chicken as opposed to really crispy skin mm-hmm. like a really nice moist textured mm-hmm. chicken mm-hmm. because at the end of the day even the crispiest skin chicken it's it's like it's a great thing to try and achieve, but overall, if you have a crisp... I've made really crisp skin chickens that came out dry, Yeah, and it's just like, it was yeah. not I was actually it. listening to the Milk Street Radio podcast, and they were talking about this, kind of like making a case for cooking a chicken inside of a covered Dutch oven mm-hmm. and foregoing the need the or desire to have a crispy skin... Depends on what you want. For, yeah. But I think more often than not, I'd rather have something well-cooked than crispy. Especially if I you're going to be eating that. that chicken throughout the week. Yeah. You know, and you're going to... the salads. 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. And if the meal's with a bunch of other veg and some bread and a salad, you it's like a the crispiness the end of, there. It's like a, a nice block day. of Wisconsin cheddar. Yeah. Uh, how would you incorporate the, the dairy industry oh, yeah. into this meal? You, I, could I'm, like you can a, do a milk braised chicken. Yeah, I've done that. Or mm. you could do a side involving cheese, like a mac and cheese. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm going to go I'm gonna go lasagna. Lasagna's yeah. good. Lasagna is really great good. Idea. You can feed a lot of people. Uh-huh. You also make a really good There's lasagna. There's a lot of cheese in there. Mm-hmm. I don't know how much of it is Wisconsin-y cheese versus yeah, it- cheddar. Italian cheese. Right. <laughs> <laughs> nice cheddar lasagna. <laughs> um, but that's a good that's a good meal to uh, to learn the arts of uh, cooking things that take a very long time and learning to appreciate things that happen <coughs> even overnight, not just like whipping it up in an hour like it's better totally. to make it like at noon and eat it for dinner at eight. They could also do like a taco bar type of thing like and, <clears throat> and have like one sort of main, you know, ambitious thing like carnitas or chicken yeah or i love ambitious carnitas and then but then there's lots of jobs in making a taco mm-hmm. you know what i mean i feel like there's four people it's like someone can cut up the tomato scallion and make boy a salsa there's a scallion boy someone can be like <laughs> heard that one hurled at me many a time in elementary school but yeah that's I, I, yeah. yeah everyone has a job yeah because you want the tortillas if people are cooking together you know you don't want to too many you make the mole the kitchen. yeah exactly. stuff like that yeah you nix molletize the you nix the molletize the, the masa yeah exactly the masa yeah because i i get very territorial in the kitchen i'm like i just want to be in there alone kind of unless i'm with someone who really like has a vision mm-hmm. but or if, is better than who's is better than me at cooking. Mm-hmm. yeah totally but otherwise i'm like oh I, I got this so i feel like i feel like we can all kind of uh relate to that <laughs> in one way or another yeah I'm not, i don't know i'm not speaking on no. others behalf but on my behalf absolutely <laughs> yeah geez. like every you? girl i've ever dated is like so i'll go in the living room now <laughs> i'm like my my husband alone. is always like people are always like do you do you guys cook and he's like Hannah does, and he's like, I used to, and it makes me so <laughs> sad. But he likes my cooking, and he, I think he would prefer that I cook. So I think it's fine. I've got no. <laughs> We've got notes for the therapist next week. <laughs> I'm not territorial at all in the kitchen. You're not. That's nice. He's yeah. not. He's not territorial at all. Mm-mm. That's good. That's. It's probably better that way. We could all take a page out of his cookbook. <laughs> no. Yeah, I have a problem. With I just it. don't. I'm just no. like. Well, yeah, I wouldn't do th- that's ex- that's, what, that, that's it, my line. I wouldn't do that like that. Yeah, he <laughs> does. <laughs> when we cook together, he does that to me. If that makes any sense, considering how long we know each other and how much we like each other's cooking, he'll still do that to me. And I'm right. like, bitch. <laughs> You're like, what about how I do it? Yeah, I'm like, I get very particular about like the way certain vegetables are cut. Like, mm-hmm. do you want a radish cut in slices oh, or wedges? Oh. Like. It matters. Nightmare. It matters. To Watching me. somebody slice up veg willy nilly. <laughs> get so out of here. Or just choosing the wrong shape, like for the dish. Like in mm-hmm. a salad, like depending on what kind of salad it is, sometimes it calls for a radish wedge and sometimes it calls for a radish mm-hmm. coin. And if you can't figure that the, out on your own, you know. The it's over like, under on when it's the right shape is <laughs> it's so the odds are so stacked yeah. against them. <laughs> That's never gonna <sighs> be correct. True Andre story. always gets it right though. Amazing. I'm surprised to hear him say that. <laughs> it's true. I didn't expect that. That's impressive. If Andre's slicing, I don't I don't I never have to look <laughs> over my shoulder once. 
That's really anybody a good else I know quality. or I've ever met in the world <laughs> does though, it wrong. I'm like, oh, that's the, that's the amount of salt we're going to use on that. Okay, you know you have to salt every layer. So I was wondering why you. Okay, we we can try it again tomorrow then. Um, all right, we're going to do one last question, okay. and it was um, speaking of pistachios. Mm. A listener, Red Umbrella who's written in a bunch. Hi. She says, TJ and Andre, I've been gifted five pounds of pistachios. Grateful but perplexed. Any ideas on how to use them? Mm. I mean, so granola is a good one. Yeah. In the pesto? shell or out of the shell? Or I, I wondered the same thing. Because I would just snack on those and they'd be gone yeah. in like a couple of days. Yeah. I, when, I, love, I love an unshelled pistachio yeah, exactly. and just getting in there yeah. munching them up me too I'll eat those things down but pesto is a great idea pesto is a very good idea I mean idea. it's kind of almost sacrilegious to call it pesto but why I mean, that, I, that's a thing and they there's real eh. pesto in Italy no I think it's a like no it exists thing. but yeah. I mean like I'm from Genoa where oh, pesto is invented I just want you to know I as a child I ate a Genoa salami sandwich every day really? of my life, which is amazing. That was before my so my dad's my Jewish. Did a lot too, actually. My mom is oh, not, so good. and my and we we ate pork yeah. up until I was like eleven. Then my dad decided that he was going to reconnect with his Jewish identity, and mm-hmm. we weren't going to eat pork or shellfish. But up until then, all I wanted for lunch was amazingly. Genoa salami on a bagel. <laughs> that oh, wow. was my lunch every single day. Still sounds good. It was what, delicious. What else was on there? That's it. No, like not even like mayo or butter. It was literally just Genoa Red salami, salami on like there are these little um, frozen bagels that we got. <laughs> They're egg bagels. They're called Lenders bagels. I don't think they might still make them actually. Yeah, Lenders. Do you know about I these? Yeah. Lenders. They, they were you know in the frozen food aisle, and they were mini ones. Mm-hmm. About the size of a Genoa salami slice. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> They're made. <laughs> For each other, they're made for each other. Dry. This, this is a cute picture. Dry salami a on a frozen bagel. Dry. Well, well, it's fatty and porky and delicious, so it wasn't that dry. You're a freak. It was so good. <laughs> like when I think that, that, like that's totally like my Madeline. Like if someone gave me a mm-hmm. Lenders egg bagel with some Genoa salami mm. on it right now. Let's weep. hope let's I hope your weep. husband has made it this far into the podcast because <laughs> I know this is going to be a nice little next, uh, like, birthday gift. Mm-hmm. When next time he's in the doghouse, it's salami time. <laughs> yeah, so I feel like anyway. I think of pasta sauces, maybe a mm-hmm. pesto or North African braises. Tagines yeah. incorporate a lot of pistachios. I'm immediately going duca here, obviously. <laughs> um, or also pistachio milk. Set that up to you. Oh, yeah. Is that a thing? Pistachio I don't milk? know, but her her follow up question was, you know, w- asking about non traditional milks. Is it wor- worth it to make your own? Mm. Um, almond. I, I've only made almond milk, and one hundred percent yes. If you feel like doing the work, house made almond milk is so mm-hmm. good did, and so did much you better. Strain it. Yeah. Yeah. So do you just blend it in a normal blender? Yeah. 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 Really I've never simple. tried it. You're just if they have the skins on. If you parboil almonds just for a second the skins come off so easily nice so you take the skins off boil it strain it start blending it adding water get it to where you like it drain it i mean the flavor is so different little couple squirts of vanilla vanilla, honey sea salt really good i'm gonna do that i did it's not that um, much work but it's more work than opening it just takes time you have to let it but then you feel good about yourself my dad did it every morning my really my whole childhood or a couple like at least every other day 
I were feel you like. a vegan household? No, but they were they ate everything, but they also had a lot of kind of sixties era like mm-hmm. um, far not hippie, people. but just like health food kind mm-hmm. of aesthetics mm-hmm. that were still that were really nice and really great. And I, I definitely like our house had an incredible amount of just healthy food. Yeah. No, there very little processed food anywhere. Yeah. Um, but some meat, but my, both my parents were vegetarian at some point and they kept mm-hmm. some of that. No them. lenders? No lenders I was going to say, like, my house was really healthy too. And it actually was, except for the fact that I ate a lender's bagel. Which I was on it every day. Is, we had bread? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did you have Danish every morning? No. I did not have Macaron? Danish. Macaron? Oh, my mom K-Kinish? did make me one of my favorite K-Kinish. things in the world when I was a kid. I had a dip egg, which was great. A dip egg? It's a soft-boiled egg where you crack the top and you take oh, a piece of yeah. toast and like cut it into sticks. Yeah. Yeah. And then you dip the little nice. toast sticks into the dip egg, and I went nuts as a kid for that. That sounds really that's a, good. That's a nice, that's a, that's a high-class boy treat. Yeah, it's oh, very, it's so like, fun. It's a fancy lad treat. Yeah, it's like fancy British breakfast to me. That's what I yeah. think of when I think it's of great. that. I had to wear gloves and the whole thing. I had to say yeah. dirt when I was a kid, no gloves. <laughs> um, yeah, I would say if the, if the pistachios are not salted and are shelled, Make an indulgent pistachio milk out of them. Yeah. But I think I, lo- I love the idea of that pesto and mm-hmm. also um, like food processing it up and maybe like a pistachio crusted piece of fish or, yeah. Ooh, that's a good idea. or chicken that's or something really like that. That's or you can put idea. it in a salad. Nice in a salad, yeah, I think. Yeah, pistachio yeah. in a salad. Or yeah. pistachio go, butter. Everything. Yeah, that's a really good idea. Pistachio crusted fish is a really good idea. I like that. Pistachio ice cream? I could go on. Oh, yeah, baby. (laughs) Um, And her final question um, in her series of three, what is the best hot and cold bar food to steal from Whole Foods? To steal? Wow. He's got a really long tradition of stealing from Whole Foods food bar. (laughs) Mm, It's more of a light, a tasteful graze. An illegal graze. I... We'll taste things like an olive or like mm-hmm. a pepadu pepper. Oh, um, <laughs> you are so out of your league. But wait, whole this, chicken wing. This is like I've been waiting. Egg roll. Oh, from like the hot bar. Boom. Oh. Hot and cold. Okay. Okay. Oh, right. She said hot and cold. Entire I saw entire like egg. Just that droop. seemed. <laughs> you know what? Whatever. Um, <laughs> that reminds me of two things. One is that I have a friend who used to go to like Target. And just paint her nails. Steal cameras. Paint, the aisle, <laughs> paint her nails. And just put the nail polish. No back. way. Smart. Genius. That seems like, that seems like such mm-hmm. a long con. Let me I check know. your pockets. Yeah, go ahead. I mean, I don't know how many times she did it, but she definitely did it at least once. And then recently, I was at Whole Foods, and um, I was in the cheese area, and there was like one of those little you know, stands with sample cubes. Mm-hmm. And there's a little half globe. The, exactly, a half mm-hmm. globe. And this woman, like, took one, and then I, I noticed that she had, an, like, an open napkin in her hand, and she just started to take <laughs> cubes. And she took, like, easily, like, 20, 30 cubes and just bundled it up and, like, put it in she her She got back. herself a, a three-quarters of a, a pound block, of cheddar. Yes, I don't, I don't, yeah, it was either cheddar. It might have been, like, aged Gouda or something. It's the, I, I, I guess she just... She's working the system. That's like, was she having a party? And crazy. It was like, <laughs> she was just for, like, the, the apps table. <laughs> See, we got to get... If, if there's anybody in L.A. who wants to be on this show that truly has, like a decent amount of really great stories from working in food retail yeah. come in. Because yeah. this is I some inside like baseball shit where it's like, oh yeah, that's the tip of the iceberg. People stealing it's 30 yeah, pieces yeah. of cheese is just, that's entry level stuff. Oh, and I feel like be. that is very true because of the way I 
do my thievery willy nilly, and people don't. People like people like I'll have a whole egg roll in my mouth, and a guy who works will be like, "What up, dude?" Like doesn't yeah, even register. Cares. It doesn't register. He's not yeah. stealing. He's eating. Right. So it's like, <laughs> Just not like, like shit. yeah, but if you, it, it is a gray area of like. Yeah. I have a pocket yeah. full no, of free samples. Not, and they're like, right. you can't do that. And you're like, oh, okay, sorry, I didn't know I could do that. Right. And then they're like, do you want area. the cheese back? And it's then they're going to be like, no, just get out of here. There's a very obvious <laughs> section of free samples, and then there's yeah. a pay salad bar. There's no gray area. Right. But you can abuse the free samples. Like, yes. that's you can. Yeah, absolutely. It's like yeah. going to Costco and being like, hey, do you want these little, uh, these little sausage links? And and you're like, I want them all. And you're like, let me get another one. They're like, okay. And you're like, let me get another one. Right. Okay, I don't care. This really don't care. <laughs> I mean, everybody loves them. They all say hi to them in there. It's fine. Yeah. But is there a gray area? No, there's no gray area <laughs> Do you area have like whatsoever. a whole meal? Are you like full by the time you leave? Sometimes he gets foods? too full before he sits down to eat his salad. I'll do one. Oh, but you're buying a salad? I'm buying a Yeah, there's oh, a lot of rules in oh, play. Oh, no, no, no. Oh, this that, is always well, with a purchase. It's not a gray area, but that he's is like. He's got a salad box. You're just let me you know, set the stage. Taking a little off the top. Considering we've eaten together at Whole <laughs> Foods over a thousand times. Yeah. So, and we both do this. But you have the salad box. He's you're got blood slowly, on his hands. <laughs> I've got blood on my hands, too. <laughs> but so you're slowly making your salad, and you're like, oh, look. They have hummus and little falafel nuggets. I don't want that in my salad. But I do want a little falafel and hummus. Taste it. So I you get have that. the bed of the salad you're slowly making, and then you put the little hummus nugget down, and then you put or the I have a code of ethics. And you put a little bit on that, and then you eat that while you're still making your salad. So you're having like little a nibbles. Snack. It's like little nibbles. Yeah, it's you, like you're the, treating you, yourself while you're working. You never go straight from the bar into your mouth. No, you, you no, go no. tong. Yeah, and then you go into grape box. leaf into the box, yep. then spoon of hummus on top of the grape leaf. Then you take a few steps and, and you walk, you do a lap, the and then and in one motion, the whole grape leaf with hummus on what top. What kind of monster going to make from trade like them out? I feel like that's okay. I feel like you're goddamn that's right. It's okay. Fine, and I'm going to try. <laughs> he it. also feels it okay. I also feel there's no gray area in whether it's <laughs> legal it's or stealing. not. Yeah. So for to answer your question, my favorite <laughs> cold item. My favorite cold item is the. Is the classic grape leaf with a dollop of hummus on top, <laughs> and also another rule of of eating food that you have just stolen. It all has to be in one bite, just like a yeah. piece of omakase sushi. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's disrespectful to not do it all in one bite, and that unfortunately does include a whole entire hard boiled egg. You gotta go anaconda style. You can't even chew it. I've seen him do it. And then for the hot Perfect. items, lately I've been really into the cheese taquito. Mm-hmm. I gave Andre a bite of it the last time we ate there, and it's he was like, "Whoa, actually, this is very good." So this is a yeah. common. You spend a lot of time at the Whole Foods mm-hmm. bars. Three, yeah. two, at least two times a week. I, I was, I've, I've slowed down a lot, but there's. I mean, I've, I've, I've had a lot of Whole Foods salad bar lunches. Yeah. I like to be in control of what I'm eating exactly. Yeah. The best thing to me about Whole Foods is, I think that's it's, not the question it's she asked. Most of them. <laughs> But that they'll just grill a piece of fish for free. They will? When I you didn't go know in. that. So my yeah, salad bar always one. has... Like at the fish counter? Yeah. So I go in. Wow. First thing I do before I do anything else, because it usually takes like 15 minutes. He greets his monger. <laughs> he greets his monger. <laughs> and get How's like, the kids, Steve? <laughs> get a filet of salmon just grilled. Mm-hmm. And it's like... It's, and you can order, order the salmon so by good. the dollar amount, not by the size amount. Amazing. You say, let me get $5 worth of salmon. That seems semantics to me, because... 
I can figure out the dollar amount versus the pound. The pound. Okay. Yeah, well, yeah, because but, yeah. because when you give him a dollar amount, he's yeah. more concerned about staying under, not right. going over that dollar amount. Right. Whereas, like, uh, let me get a let me get a half pound. They always of give this, you like, three and then they're like, pounds. is uh, six point two okay? Yeah. And you're like, mm-hmm. right. And then next thing you know, you're eating eight dollars of the salmon. It's true. That's very true. Important um, distinction. And so what'll happen is I'll go in there and get a little piece of salmon grilled and then make my own salad and the meal comes out to like nine dollars and mm-hmm. it's better than any grilled salmon salad I've ever had yeah. anywhere in the world for nine dollars. That's a true hack. Yeah, That's it's a good. True hack. And sometimes when it's busy, the it takes a little bit longer to grill the salmon, so you will need to fill that spare time with stealing food from mm-hmm. the whole hot and cold bar. So Andre, <laughs> what are your faves to steal from the hot and cold? I think nip. so. The hot bar is hard <laughs> to pin down I'm because going a single I get grape. really. It's like I kind of get excited to see what's there. Is it going to be Chinese food day? Is mm-hmm. it going to be like Indian Indian food day? So I feel like it's always Indian. It's food always day. fucking Indian. Hot <laughs> is like I don't know. I I'm, probably my favorite is a spring roll or like an egg roll, like a fried egg roll. Mm-hmm. Um, because spring like rolls doing to get one spring roll tough to go down in one one piece though. You just said whole egg. <laughs> well, if it's hot, it depends on how also, hot Also, spring it is. rolls, sometimes spring rolls, we're talking about three inches of product. But I like to do something real nasty for oh, the cold boy. bar, which is where when they have the wedge salad Hand display scoop of out, yogurt. No, 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 nothing disgusting, like nothing unhygienic. Hand scoop of yogurt. But so I'll take the spoon so and I'll spoon out some of like the bacon blue cheese and, and croutons crumble and then just like spoon that on top of the salad and then kind of nibble at that as I'm looking wow. at the rest of the salad bar from the wedge salad display. I used to go to the pre-made cob salad of the cold bar section and then just fish around for the avocado slices. I think the Whole Foods are better here because oh, none of this so sounds much familiar better. to The Whole me Foods in Union Square is just like where, oh, yeah, it's, it's like not, a bus station. The good. ones here are fucking... <laughs> yeah. Real nice. I gotta go to a Whole Foods. There's, there's fucking wheat berries I, ready to yeah. go. Well, I think there's some wheat berries. I mean, that's just the tip of the iceberg. Mm. <laughs> but I mean, every time I go to Whole Foods in New York, it's always like, mm. like this isn't right. I thought you were gonna say your favorite thing to steal from the hot station is like from the smoked meats. Like you take a chicken wing. Or oh, that a piece is of new. Brisket. That is new. So yeah, the, been doing that a they lot have the lately. smoked meat section. And they do not have a smoking so section at my Whole Foods. Yeah. He houses a whole hot. Also, we don't have we don't thing. have any rats running around or cockroaches <laughs> either at the Glendale location. But go to so the nice. go to the salad dressing section of the cold uh-huh, bar. Get uh-huh. you a little plastic one ounce cup. Get two if you're feeling lucky. <laughs> Beeline straight to the smoke section, and then you just rip off a piece of tender brisket, and oh, then man. you plop it in your little in your little salad dressing cup. And then you just mince around the cheese department, maybe, and then, mm, free brisket. I thought you were going to say you were going to put, like, ranch dressing in the dressing cup and then dip the brisket in it or something. Ooh, that'd be good. You might try that next time. That's too naughty. (laughs) I'll try it. Um, You would. So um, you have some inspiration for the next time you go to Whole Foods. Hopefully yeah, you'll have a chance to go while you're still here in L.A. where the, not only the Whole Foods is, but just the restaurant and food scene in general is better than New York. I can't argue with His that, words, though not I mine. probably should. I mean, I don't know. Yeah, I, it's too soon for me to tell, but I've had a very good eating experiences here. Good. And, you're damn and, uh, right. Yeah, I'm sad to leave, actually. Well, we have had a very good podcasting experience with you. Thank Thanks. you so much for taking Thank the time you. to do this. So much fun. Um, I guess if people want to check your workout, you can just search for your name yeah. on the New Yorker's site or yep. on Instagram and Twitter at 
You're just your name spelled yeah. out normally. Yep. Hannah Goldfield. Yep. So my name is a palindrome. Hannah is a palindrome. So mm-hmm. there's an H at the end. Yes. Hmm. Just spelled the normal way. Just spelled the normal way. Cool. Thank you again. And Thank you could, you. Um, Andre has no social media. No, it Unfollowable. Good for him. Good for not him. really. It's not working out ever? so well for me. No, I've never had oh. it. Oh. I think it's probably working out for you pretty well. You just don't know it. <laughs> this is about the time of the sure podcast where work, as soon as we stop, then you guys will get a little bit more into that and explore it more. You can follow me. <laughs> but at, it's so interesting. <laughs> it's a whole other podcast on its own. Uh, and go to the stewpodcast.com. That is a website that anyone can go to, even people without social media. All the other episodes live there. And you can follow me at them jeans. And thank you for doing this. Thank you. See you, guys thank you. next week. Yeah.